Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Hunter here. This is Zebra Down. I'm here with OJ. Uh, how's it going, OJ? Uh, OJ, you there? Oh, oh, my bad, man. I was just playing that uh, that mobile game, WWE Champions. Really? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> That game looks horrible. Like I right, and I keep seeing the ads for it, and it looks—it's bejeweled, but WWE and lame. I don't know, man. Like, there's a Doctor Who one of those that I played, and it was all right. It had a little bit of story in there, which was kind of cool, but I don't know, man. Just I—I'm not digging the presentation or anything about that WWE Champions game, man. I just—I've got no desire to play it. Well, so it, it looks like a bad version of Res Legends of Wrestling, which I realize is redundant, but it, it, it does not look <laughs> it does not look good. And actually, Legends of Wrestling two wasn't horrible. Legends of Wrestling originally was really bad, but um, yeah, it it, it it looks really really stupid. It looks like they combined Candy Crush with wrestling, which just sounds like a terrible concept. Um, right. Not as bad as combining a, a Twisted Metal with <laughs> with wrestling. Uh, Oh God! What was that? That was WWF oh. Crush Hour. Is what you're. Oh, that's right. You know, I'll say this, man. You know, Legends of Wrestling. I remember that game too. It was really, yeah, it wasn't that great of a game. But I'll say this: the roster of superstars was cool. Um, I thought it was funny that Rob Van Dam was in the first game, like he was legend status. I mean, I love RVD. Don't misunderstand me, and I would say he is a legend, and Hall of Fame worthy. Um, but I was surprised that he was in that game and that game was so long ago, but, uh, what was really cool about it and not, uh, everybody remembers this, uh, that was the last time you'll ever hear really Bobby the Brain Heenan do color commentary because he was yeah. one of the commentators in the game and yes, he was. that was, that was after the cancer and his voice wasn't all that great, but it was great to hear the brain, man. That's all I'll say. So, I mean, like, as bad as that game is, man, it's almost worth playing just to hear the brain. So, True. yeah. Um, my, in my opinion, the second grace, uh, the second grace manager of all time. Oh, uh, I, I, I put, I put Heyman at the top. I, I've gone back through and I've thought about it. I think Heyman is, even though he Heenan would take more bumps than Heyman does, so that might be my one factor in putting Heenan over. Uh, over Heyman, but I think Heyman's so good on the stick, it's it's ridiculous. But uh, anyway, you know, and that's and that's completely fair too, man. If I was to pick my top two, would be those two, and de depend or uh, deciding one would be hard to do. Um, I mean, I grew up, you know, I'm a bit older than you, so I have like more vivid memories of like '80s wrestling, like growing up as a kid. Um, and Bobby the Brain Heenan was that mainstay. He was always so good on the, the backstage interviews because, you know, they had those. That's where they cut a lot of the promos most of the time. But, um, but, I mean, he just added so much to his guys. Like, the Ravishing Rick Rude thing was not the same in WCW without Bobby the Brain being his manager. Um, I really thought it was a missed opportunity in WWE um, when Ric Flair first came aboard. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the, the combo of Flair and Perfect. I thought it worked well, but they did this on the ha on these uh, house shows um, when Flair first came over with the big gold belt from WCW, um, and he had some uh, untelevised one-on-one -on -one matches with Hogan. 
And Hogan was WWE champion at the time. And uh, Bobby Heenan managed Flair for those matches. Yep. And I think that was really the right call. And it was funny because like, when Heenan really transferred to the broadcast booth and Mr. Perfect became the executive consultant, I think, I think it was a missed opportunity because you saw, like, you got to really see it with, with uh, uh, Heenan and Nick Bockwinkle in the AWA, how well it worked together, and how much Nick Bockwinkle was a very much a Ric Flair clone, in my opinion. Um, and you have Flair finally over there, and you have the opportunity to put Flair with the equivalent of a J.J. Dillon, of, a, of, a, you know, of all these guys in terms of great managers, and you just have Bobby Heenan up in the broadcast booth. I thought that was a waste, man. I don't know. That's just my own personal opinion. I've thought that for a very long time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Heyman, just as great in his own right for everything he does. And he's one of those managers who does really well on the commentary, man. Like, not all of them transfer well to that. And, uh, I mean, look at Slick. I mean, no offense to him. I've heard him do commentary a couple times, and he was not great. But, um yeah, I mean, they're both, like, it's really a knockout, drag-down, uh, uh, knockdown, drag-out fight between those two for who's really the best manager, man. But I, I, it flops back and forth for me, too. Sorry, that was a bit of a rant there, but, oh, no, yeah. Oh, no, no, you're all good, man. So, uh, we are going to go ahead and just kind of get into, basically, what we're going to cover on this, uh, on, uh, this episode of Zebra Down. We're going to talk about, uh, WrestleMania weekend, which... Jesus Christ was longer than Gone with the Wind. I, I can't believe it lasted as long as it did. Just Very fucking long. a. Um, and then we're gonna talk about the uh, about the the Raw and SmackDown after Mania, and then kind of talk about throw a few predictions out there um, as far as what we think is gonna kind of happen with the uh, Superstar Shakeup, which is. I think very oddly specific, and I think Styles is moving, but we will get into that. Um, so. Let, let's start with NXT TakeOver Orlando. Um, one of the weaker, uh, actually, maybe the weakest, actually, now I think about it, TakeOver card, and yet I, it, it's, it was better than Mania for me the last couple of years, <laughs> as sad as that is. Um, so the first match of the night was Sanity, which has really found its niche, and they've done a better job with them than with the fucking Wyatt family, Jesus Christ, but that's a whole other rant. Um, so Sandy took on uh, Ty Dillinger, uh, your favorite wrestler. Um, hey, man, I told, I told you what I think of Ty Dillinger uh, at work, man, and what I think they should do with him. And I'll, I'll, I'm more than happy to talk about that later down the line, but um, yeah, man, not a Ty Dillinger fan for a lot of reasons. Uh, so I like uh, so Dillinger, uh, Roderick Strong, uh, Cassius Ono, who thank God is not wearing white wrestling was not wearing white wrestling attire in uh, this match in uh, Ruby Riot. So uh, Sandy won. Dillinger took the fall. Fucking again, Jesus Christ! But um, uh, I gotta say, man, this was a fun match. A, a, a bit sloppy at points. But overall, I really enjoyed it. Uh, how how did you feel about this? Oh yeah, man. I mean, it, it was a it was a so, I okay. Uh, how do I put this? In terms of openers, I thought it was solid. Um, yeah, the little slop, a couple sloppy spots. I can think of two in specific. But um, all in all, man, I I enjoyed it. Um, 
Sanity is still warming up to me. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me and uh, just uh, not <laughs> always accepting new things. But I uh, I don't know, man. It's just the, that group has taken a while to, uh, to uh, warm up to me. So we'll see how it goes uh, upcoming from that, though. I mean, they're definitely getting more prominently and prominently featured, which... You know, and they should, and they should with Eric Young. They should with Eric Young alone, and it just feels. I think that has a lot to do with it. It's a much different Eric Young than I'm used to, and I think that's pos- probably what it is for me. Okay, the one thing I will say that really bugged me about Sandy was their eye makeup, how they looked like raccoons, not not coons in the way Hulk Hogan, <laughs> not the way that Hulk Hogan would say it, but. They look like actual, oh. <laughs> but they look like actual raccoons, and that was distracting. I think Nikki Cross is really. I think Nikki Cross is awesome. I think she's fucking hot too. Like she reminds me of Daphne. That's probably part of the reason. But yeah, uh, her and Ruby Riot. I I feel like Ruby Riot get getting a little more seasoning. I think by the next Takeover show, I think she'll be in a better spot. I think her and Nikki Cross in like a, in maybe like. Uh, maybe a hardcore style match or maybe no holds barred match I think would be awesome but but they had some legitimate fire between the two of them uh, uh, Ruby Riot hit this like flying drop kick I think it was off the apron on Nikki Cross and it yeah was, yeah and it, that was probably the hardest bump in the whole fucking match I was shocked I was like damn okay good good for you like she she's really putting herself out there um, <laughs> if only and <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoyed the 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 action all around. Uh, Dillinger eating the fall just means that before he leaves NXT, he he's gonna get one over on Sandy. Uh, if he doesn't, it genuinely makes no sense that they would <laughs> that they would do this. And hey, you know we got we got spared from a no way Jose appearance because he got jumped in the back by by Sandy. Huh. So we got hey, Cassius I'm... Ono, and I will take that over <laughs> no way Jose. No way to Jose, as, as I would say. <laughs> but, That's right, man. I I'm not a fan of his either. Yeah, so I I enjoyed I really enjoyed the match. Um, so we move on to Tommy in making his debut as Alistair Black against uh, Andra uh, wasn't it Andrade Cien? I could give a shit about Andre Cien almost to be totally honest. Yeah, with you. Uh, he's been a lot better since he's gone heel. I I will give him that, but. Uh, the match, as far as the debut, I thought it was a solid match. Not something I would go, cra- I went crazy over. But uh, Alistair Black's uh, his entrance was very awesome. It was very Dracula. It was like a punk version of Dracula. Is how I kind of kept thinking about it. But okay, I can see that. But I really enjoyed the match. Nothing super stood up to me. Uh, stood out to me. Um, the spinning heel kick kind of being your finishing move. It just you know, you're not Mickey James. I haven't seen you do it for years. I just, I just didn't really buy it to be honest with you. But yeah. But overall, I mean, I thought it was a pretty decent debut for uh, for Alistair Black. Uh, yeah, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, solid back and forth action, but it didn't make, in my opinion, it didn't make. It was so back and forth in a lot of aspects. It didn't. I didn't think it made Alistair Black look strong entirely. Like, there were some spots where you actually thought he was in trouble. You know what I mean? Like, I can think of, oh, oh gosh. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch the match to, to point out the actual spots. But um, it was good, though. I mean, it showed that, you know, he could sell and he could, of course, you know, 
um, you know, carry the offense as well. So, I mean, he it was a, a nice overall debut as to how he can make a match look, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I think they need to make him a bit more dominant moving forward to get him uh, um, people talking about him a bit more. That's just w- what I happen to think. Okay, fair enough. But, uh, yeah, I mean, something, definitely not a match to, to, to write home about. Now, the match after was a match to write home about. It was the Authors of Pain who I just, I, I God damn it. The fact they're tag team champions just makes me sad. But between the author is a triple threat elimination match. It was the Authors of Pain versus, uh, versus DIY versus your favorite fucking tag team, uh, The Revival. Uh, yes! Yes, I know. Oh, no, no flips, just fists, which is a great, which is a great tagline, I must admit. It is, man. It is, man. And and you you will admit that they're a good tag team. I just don't understand why you don't like them. Yeah, I, I, it's just, I, I don't. But I got to tell you right now, it this match worked perfectly. It did. It, it, it did. It, it showcased the physicality of the Authors of Pain. It showed the chemistry of DIY. It showed the the ego of the revival it, it worked on multiple levels uh seeing seeing johnny gargano johnny wrestling i fucking love that dude man i like if when he moves up to the main roster they need to put him on 205 live they, they he oh yeah because he's just perfect and seeing seeing uh gargano and wilder team up for that double suicide uh dive and then seeing um seeing Dawson superplex Gargano on, on top of the other four guys, which is something, um, a spot you don't see very often. Uh, this match was fantastic. This, this is already a match of the year candidate, and this is the strongest Authors of Pain have looked, honestly. So Yeah, I would definitely agree with you there, and uh, all teams, all three teams shined in that match, and it was, uh, uh, you know, considering the outcome, um, you know, that was a hell of a way to, like, send the Revival out, man. But I got to say, I was surprised that um, DIY went first. I'm genuinely surprised at that. And uh, the only thing I could really think of was they let the Revival stay in longer because of what happened on Monday, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, Authors of Pain also showed that they could go for... How long was that match exactly? It was... It had to have been 20 minutes. Easy 20 minutes, and they looked good throughout. I mean, for what they did, they didn't like there was a couple parts where they might have looked a little gassed, but other than that, they like held it together really well for the duration of the match because that's a problem with big guys. Some guys just can't last too terribly long, so yo, yeah, not every big guy can be us, but uh, that's right. I know <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can go forever, but it, but honestly, <laughs> but. But this match, the, the match was fantastic. It really was. It was. And, this made, and this made the authors of pain, I think, for the first time, actually look credible, uh, to uh, at least to me. It, it it did bum me out to see uh, authors of pain retain. To be totally honest, I think DIY really did get the shaft here. But overall, it it did its purpose. It made the authors of pain look like monsters, and that's really was the the end game here. So. Yeah, and, you know, also, too, uh, just to touch on real quick, if I may. Of course. Um, new tag title belts there. Yeah. Love them. I do, too. I, I do, too, actually. Uh, so, 
I'm assuming we got new belts because Paige let someone come on the old NXT Women's Championship, so they, <laughs> so, so, so they went, fuck it, let's change all the belts out. So, I did act, I do really like the new NXT Tag Title belts. I, I, I think the, the women's, and this has been a problem with me, I think the women's title and the men's, uh, the, the heavyweight championship look way too similar together, uh, way too similar, and having the women have uh, the silver plate and have the men have the gold one. It's just a little subtle, like, a little subtle big sexist, like, hey, you'll always be silver. Uh, you'll always be second place. I just, that that's how I kind of take it, but, you know, whatever. Uh, cool belts, just thought that was a little, eh. So, getting to the NXT Women's Championship match, we had Ember Moon, one of the few, uh, <laughs> I was going to say one of the few black women I would, I would make out with, and I would, uh, versus Asuka, who... Were you as confused as I was a couple weeks ago when they had that vignette of her, like, out at the pool and she actually looked attractive? Not not to say she's not an attractive woman, but Asuka just seems like she would kick you if you even tried to buy her a drink, and that just kind of, <laughs> it just kind of made me feel a little, a little weird, like, would I buy you a drink or would I cower in fear of you, but, uh... I'd buy her a drink, man. I'm just saying, I, I, whew, yeah, oh, man. I, I have a, I have a... Uh, a big crush on uh, Asuka. Ain't gonna lie. Girlfriend knows about it too, and she's like, yeah, man, totally can see it. I'm like, right? But, um, yeah, dude, like, the vignette was very welcome on my part, I can tell you that, man. Fair, fair, fair enough. <laughs> oh, man, I think she's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. So, yeah. Um, I, I don't normally go for a lot of, uh, like, I mean, I can recognize attraction and, and good looks in a lot of women wrestlers, but it, I, a lot of them don't make me go Damn. But Oscar for some reason does, man. Just flat out. So Fair enough. It was cool for me, man. <laughs> I think my big thing on this match, it this was the first time it really felt like they pushed Oscar as a heel. They they, yeah. they like they, they really went out of their way to make her feel like a heel, which is important because and that's something as much as I love the man and he's my favorite wrestler right now, the champ who runs the camp, AJ Styles. If you know him being a heel, it's so hard to cheer him. Even though he's done some heel shit, and so I, I was really waiting for the, for NXT to make Oscar look more like a heel and really define that role, and they did a really good job uh, this match doing so. My how do we put this? My problem with this match, I felt like this was definitely part one of a two part episode. It really felt like they held back and it was more set up for what's to come than giving us a good match, a great match, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I gotta say, I was genuinely surprised at um, the outcome of the match. I I can't help but think that Asuka's ready to go up to the main roster, um, put her on Raw or SmackDown. Put her on SmackDown, honestly, because that women's division needs a shot in the arm, in my opinion. Um, Yeah, but that's... Something else for another layer. I think Raw definitely has the better roster for the ladies. Um, but nonetheless, though, I mean, yeah, it's cool you've had Oscar uh, hold on to the title for a year, but like, get it off her, man. Bring her up to the main roster. Let's get her on the, you know, let's, let's bring her up to the big time. I don't see why Ember Moon didn't win this match because Ember Moon has been running on momentum for quite a while. And, you know, 
Oscar no longer like what was it? It was Corey Graves, I think, who called her like similar to like to 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 uh, Tajiri, like a, of a compared her to like a buzzsaw, like tearing through the division. Um, now she doesn't come across that way. She comes across as like the uh, you know that you know chick on the throne who gets down off of it for whenever somebody you know is a worthy challenger, and then she whoops their ass and goes back and sits on her throne. And that becomes stagnant after a while. Um, you know, they, that's how Brock Lesnar came, you know, came across when he was the part-time heavyweight champ, which, well, we'll see how this goes in the future. But regardless of all of that, um, Asuka doesn't have that same dangerous, even though she's still undefeated, she doesn't have that dangerous ap- appeal about her to anymore. More of because of how she won the match that it's, you know, using these tactics that she's never really had to do before. So I, I it's a f- odd transition for me. Fair enough. I mean, I, I agree with you. I feel like there, this match, while it might have kept Asuka on NXT, and I agree because she's ready for the main roster, I do appreciate, though, that Ember Moon didn't hit the clips. They're, they're very much making it... They're very much protecting that finishing move, which I think they need to do because it's a badass fucking move. So I appreciate the fact that she lost, but she didn't hit the uh, the clips first. So I appreciate that. Uh, I think it's kind of crazy that they're starting... Not crazy, but crazy in a good way that they're starting to push Asuka striking more because this is the second takeover match she's won in a row with just... Uh, her equivalent of a buzzsaw kick, basically. You know, she took out Bailey at the takeover Brooklyn, and she took out, you know, uh, she takes out uh, Ember Moon with it. I can't remember how she won the last takeover. I think she just won randomly. It was just such a random finish, I remember thinking, what? So, <laughs> but they're really pushing that buzzsaw kick. So, hey, good for her. I'm happy that's how she won. They need to push her striking more. So, hey, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. So, which brings us to the main event, uh, the glorious Bobby Roode uh, against probably my second favorite wrestler right now, the King of Strong Style, Shinsuke Nakamura. I thought a way better match than the first time around, personally. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, th- this match, there's a lot of hard-hitting, a lot of hard hits in this match. Roode played the role of a heel, I think, better maybe the best that he has since he's come up uh since he's been on nxt nakamura it's such a subtle little change but the stripes on his attire i just thought that was really fucking cool that's very michael jackson ish uh you know without, right without right. you know raping the little kids aside uh but I oh. thought, but i thought this match was pretty fucking fantastic though um it sh- uh there was this moment where Nakamura went for the Kinshasa and Rude, uh-huh. and, he, and he was set up exactly the way he was in the first match. And Rude ducked it and and shot blocked him, and it was just such a cool sequence to see that Rude had been uh, studying. Uh, seeing Rude uh, throw on the figure four was awesome, and then seeing Nakamura counter to an armbar, uh, it, it was just it it was it was a fantastic match, especially the way he hit. The glorious DDT the second time off the like he was setting up for a tornado DDT and then going to the glorious DDT. I thought that was just fucking masterful. So, I I genuinely love this match. I mean, not a five star classic, but way better than the first time around for me. 
Oh, I completely agree. Um, Bobby Roode. I cannot say enough great things about Bobby Roode. He showed every single one of them <laughs> during that match. Um, I can't wait for him to get called up to the main roster. That will truly be a glorious day. And I don't know what show I would put him on, but I would honestly say he needs to... He needs to go up this year sometime. I don't. He'll prob. They'll probably have him wait till the Royal Rumble, which I wouldn't mind either, um, just because I think he would be a great addition to it unannounced. But we also said that last year or this year about someone else, and we all know how that one went. But nonetheless, uh, um, great way for Nakamura to go out. Um, great way for uh, Rude to keep going. Um, I'd give it a solid four-star match. I'd watch that match again, definitely. Um, especially if in... Uh, it definitely goes in both men's retrospective when they get one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it was a great finish to uh, take over. I loved it. Nice, man. So, And now we get into the fucking marathon. That was WrestleMania. Jesus Christ. How many matches? Were 13. 13 <laughs> matches. Yeah, man. But in the pre-show. Good God. So... We're going to go through these, uh, some of them quicker than others. Um, let's just get this out of the way. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. What the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> right? Okay. Seriously. Mojo Raleigh. Really. Mojo fucking Raleigh. I would have... Okay, so if I'm booking WrestleMania 33, the first thing I do is I have Big Show win the Andre the Giant uh, Memorial Battle Royal. Um, he'd be great way for him to uh, be the first uh, two-time winner of it. Yep. He got himself into magnificent shape for a Shaq match, and you know, since he's looking at retirement and everything, make him win again. He's been impressive. I mean, alone that Braun Strowman match he had on Raw shows you like where the Big Show is right now, like in the twilight of his career. Yep. Like, I think that's who wins, man. Unless it was. Strowman, who was also in the match, but honestly, man, like I, I would have had Big Show win that one this year, but uh, that's just me, man. And uh, I think I don't understand why Mojo Raleigh. I, I think he sucks. I fucking can't stand him. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I've never thought uh, Mojo Raleigh was anything special. I thought Zack Ryder as a, as a tag team wrestler can do better. I just never th- got why he picked him of all the people but what the fuck ever uh and then having Strowman get eliminated as early as he did and didn't make any sense didn't wasn't Jinder Mahal the last guy that Raleigh eliminated yeah man what the fuck really yeah Jinder Mahal but Jinder Mahal came back jacked dude he is in fantastic shape he's a walking steroid I don't care what anybody says there is no way the way his veins are popping out he looks like Stallone does now, and it just freaks me the fuck out. I just, that's hey man, it could be man, but he came back jacked, man. Either way you cut it, and uh, fucking Gronk getting involved, dude. That was nearly a buzz kill for me right there because I hate the fucking Patriots. Me too. And uh, yeah, and Rob Gronkowski, God, just no, no. Not Gronk. No one wants Gronk. Well, I don't want Gronk. 
Keep them off wrestling TV for me, please. Like, I just don't want to see that shit. I, I see enough of them during the 16 weeks of the regular season in the NFL, man, and for most of the time the playoffs, too, yeah. over it. Just go away, Gronk. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it, uh, even if they push Mojo Raleigh, he's not going far. He is not going far. He does not have it, man. I don't care what you say. Having Baron Corbin win last year, I thought was like, hmm, seems like a little of a stretch. But the way he's progressed in the last year, fucking it was a very good job that they did in putting him uh, in that position a year ago. But Raleigh? Fuck, man. Give me a break. Yeah, I'm not, not a fan. Uh, what I was a fan of was the next match on the kickoff show, which was the uh, Neville versus... Uh... Double, uh, a double Austin Aries for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, I've been a fan of Austin Aries since Ring of Honor. I, I think the man is brilliant. Uh, maybe the best discus elbow I've ever seen. The, the man just, whenever he hits it, it looks fucking vicious. I fucking love uh, a double. And, uh, uh, and Neville, since he's come back, and they just made him heal, which, you know, shows that if you take a a bland face character and make him heal Roman Reigns, <coughs> pardon me, that, <laughs> that you can go ahead and get new life out of the character. Neville has fucking thrived as the king of the cruiserweights, and I was a little worried, I must admit, that they were going to take the title off of Neville. It, it, I think Ares should be the one to beat him for it, but uh, as you said on, I believe, episode two, it should be at SummerSlam. They, they should really build this feud up. Uh, Neville winning with the Red Arrow was just a very nice touch because he went through really everything in his fucking arsenal and had to bust out the, the Red Arrow to beat Ares. So it makes Ares look strong. Uh, the, the the match was just was solid. There was a lot of fans in the re- arena at that point, thankfully, unlike last year because they didn't have fucking ticket problems. But, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. But, right. yeah, damn good match. I personally thought with the exception of one other match, uh, it was actually my favorite match at Mania. So I, I really enjoyed this match quite a bit. Uh, yeah, your thoughts? Oh, dude, um, I really dug this match. I was, uh, I, I've been a fan of Austin Aries since TNA. That's where I was first introduced to him, and uh, I think uh, if he would have won. I wouldn't have been upset because it's Austin Aries. Honestly, like I love heel Neville. Yeah. It works so well and he looks he looks unbeatable right now. Um but I wouldn't have been mad if it if it was Aries now because Aries is just as good of a performer um not just in the ring but on the mic. And honestly, Neville's mic work has gotten a lot better too since he's been a heel. Yeah. Um uh, like, it's an overall improvement. So, you know, man, um, this was one of those matches that I felt like this is a win-win. Either guy wins, I'm happy, should be a great match. Let's do this. And in my opinion, it didn't disappoint. And I'm certainly looking forward to a rematch. Yeah, so I, I yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for it. If you Now, speaking of things that did disappoint, uh, we had Dean Ambrose, which... Okay, so I have to admit, I know the women's, the, the SmackDown women's title got moved up to the main card. Did, did, did you laugh a little bit like I did when you realized, oh wow, the Intercontinental Championship got knocked down to the free show? Did you kind of go? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I totally did. I even said to my uh, buddy who was watching it with me, I'm like, there's no reason why this match shouldn't be on the main card. There's no reason why this shouldn't be. And uh, the match had some good par- had some good spots. Um, but, I mean, nothing to write home about. Yeah, I, they had a match on SmackDown on Tuesday. That should have been the match they had at Mania. I, I, I just... I thought this match was just okay. I mean... It was way better than the match Ambrose had at last year's Mania, so I'm happy he at least got a good Mania match. And him being Intercontinental Champion, I really enjoyed. But Corbin, this is slowly his ascension. He'll become IC Champion within the next couple months, and it'll be well-deserved. I love the counter out of the end of days into 30D. I thought that was actually really slick the way they did that, so kudos to them yeah. for hitting that. But... Yeah, overall, meh, it was okay, but, um, but that was the only other, uh, that was the only other pre-show match, which took us, uh, took us, wow, I got, I got Jewish here for a second, took us, uh, which, <laughs> took, which took us <laughs> to the main, uh, the main show of, uh, WrestleMania, and the first match of the ma- uh, first match of the night, ironically enough for me, was my favorite, it was... Shane O'Mac, Shane McMahon against the place that runs of the face that runs of like good god I'm I'm a, might, have <laughs> had, might have had a couple of drinks here boys and girls uh the face that runs the place the champ that runs the camp uh AJ Styles himself what a, this was a classic match for me this is this will go down for me in that same realm of uh Bret Hart versus Own Hart at Mania 10 and then uh Guerrero versus Mysterio at 20 one i believe when they uh wrestled as one of those great mania openers i fucking love this match oh yeah i did too man like shane mcmahon really pulled out some uh moves here that i didn't even thought he knew man like even like so like you know we, we all know like they have this like what i've heard be overall called as a catch as catch can style of uh wrestling yeah as it were for what they traditionally do in in wwe and all that um and all the other uh indie uh leagues they call it like i think that's what they call it catch as catch can mm-hmm. um i didn't and you know i didn't know shane mcmahon knew a lot of that because like you never really saw him do a side headlock or a drop toe hold or these other things. It's like, ah, shit, dude, you're not just going straight to, you know, fucking whatever mixed martial art you've been learning the last decade. You know, like right on that you can wrestle a WWE match rather than try to make it look like a fucking MMA thing, like a lot of Brock Lesnar matches look like. Yeah. No, it's it's it, it's true, man. And there there are a couple spots that. For me, made this a classic. The the elbow missed through the table. I know uh, announcer's table. I know we've seen him do it before, but the fact that Shane is what forty five, I believe, and still something can, like that, yeah, and can still do that elbow, make it look as good as it looks. Uh, kudos to him. The springboard four fifty counter into the triangle choke, I thought was fucking amazing. I could not believe yeah. how good that looked. And and then so again, the prop, the biggest, the 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 props of all props to Shane McMahon. He did a elbow drop through an announcer's table, took that bump. He let AJ Styles go for a coast to coast and then hit him in the face with a trash can. And then he did a coast to coast and hit that. And then did a, a fucking shooting star press. Like it was nothing. And it was a good shooting star press too. On top it was. Of that. 
Kidman, take notes. You can do shooting star press spot hitting the fucking rope, you dummy. But and <laughs> and, and fucking uh, not just that, man. But he didn't just do a shooting star press, man. He took the hard hit and missed AJ Styles completely. Yeah. Uh, I don't care what you say. A body is softer than that mat, man. Yes, it and, is. Uh, so for him to even take that as well, man, like kudos to Shane. Like takes two men to have a great match. We know AJ Styles can because he does it consistently. And let's face it, man. As Ric Flair says, to be the man, you got to beat the man. I don't care who you are or anywhere you go. AJ Styles is the best wrestler right now. Anywhere you go. Yeah, man. There's no one better as an overall combination of in-ring ability and mic work than AJ Styles. Because AJ Styles... So, spoiler, I'm not trying to spoil about what we're going to talk about for uh, SmackDown, but with what they're hinting at with AJ Styles, he's coming off of this really impressive heel run. Yeah. Because, you know, even if it keeps going, you know, with Superstar Shake-Up or if it doesn't, whatever, he came in as a face because everybody knew who he was and the reputation he had. How can you not cheer this man? They turn him heel. How can you not cheer this man? The whole bit. But he made it look so good. And he's one of those guys that, and I respect him for this, he didn't compromise like his own personal beliefs. Like He didn't curse. He didn't do all these things. He's a very religious man. And he came off making a heel without being a controversial heel. Yeah. He was a standard heel, but he took standard heel and made it great because of who he is. And for Shane to step up, and let's face it, guys, he stepped up. Like, if you go back to last year's match with The Undertaker, um, he took a one big bump, but everything like else aside from that was not quite as entertaining as what he just did with Stott. Yeah, I, th- I thought his match with Taker last year I thought was poo. I was really disappointed, honestly. And it it shows what happens when you have a guy who can still go. All respect to Taker, and we'll get into Taker here in a bit. But uh, Styles made Shane look – the oh, my, and this is such a nitpick, but my biggest complaint about that match is that Styles had to sell those awful punches that Shane throws. <laughs> That's the one thing. It's like, ah. Like, whenever Shane throws a punch, I get instantly sad. They just don't look good. But uh, I kind of like it, man. I do. He throws them in a certain way that's totally his own style, and I dig it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan. But anyways, that takes us to uh, Chris Jericho with maybe the best scarf I've seen in my life versus someone we've both been high on. Uh, Kevin Owens, I thought Owens needed this win really badly, especially after Fast, uh, pardon me, Dirt, Dirt Blaine, where they had him, <laughs> where they had him lose to Goldberg in what, 25 seconds or whatever the fuck it was? Oh, some stupid fucking number. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, um, Kevin Owens definitely needed this win, and you're, you know, like you said, I've been high on Kevin Owens since, uh, his fucking debut match on the main roster, um, that instant classic with John Cena, which, by God, that's a great match. And um, but anyway, um, a lot of people have been disappointed with you know his run as Universal Champion. I didn't mind it. Um, what they've done post 
with the whole buildup with Jericho, with like the psychotic Kevin Owens that you've been getting lately, the one who's like constantly just jumping you and beating the shit out of you because he just doesn't like you. Um, they've needed him to be that during his Universal title run. Yeah. And I think it's kind of shitty that it's taking him losing it and now running with the U.S. title um, to, to uh, get that kind of character back going again. And that kind of... I, I really like Kevin Owens. I think he's like I, he's in my top five in the entire company, probably my top three, um, as they stand right now. But um, I really, really hope they don't make him change his character anytime soon because of the way it's going. But I think it really sucks that he had to lose to Goldberg. This this match, in my opinion, should have been the quote-unquote main event. You know, there's supposed to be a title match that's the main event. This should have been the universal title match, not Lesnar and Goldberg. But that is another thing for another time. No, and I think think that's a fair... I think that's a fair point, to be totally honest with you. Um, I think for me, Jericho, look, I mean, mean, he's slowed down a bit. I mean, he's... Jericho's in his mid-40s, but he's ramped up his character this his mania entrance had a giant list of jericho which i thought was just, oh yeah which i thought was just wonderful and he made kevin owens look like a million bucks here uh, uh i you know just talking about the springboard 450 uh counter to the triangle choke the counter from uh, owens cannonball to the walls of jericho i thought was fucking brilliant i i didn't even oh think yeah that. man i didn't even think about that i was like wow okay that was horribly impressive and you know, I've gone back and watched the match since. Uh, the 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 match ending with the apron powerbomb, I really didn't mind it because cause Jericho had taken a good amount of punishment. But yeah, this match was really fantastic though. And it it ended in a way that I went, you know what? I could see them having a no-holds-barred match and I would not be upset about it. Yeah, man, um... It, it uh, was a culmination of a, I mean, like the the apex of a really good feud, good setup, everything. I really liked the the Y two J Owens build up, all of it, and the match, in my opinion, delivered. Um, again, just should have been for the Universal Title, man. I and I think especially for Jericho, also, man. Like, again, I if I was booking WWE this year, I would have had Jericho as the Rumble winner and challenge Kevin Owens. That's what I would have done. Like, flat out, give Jericho that one thing. Because Jericho's never won a Rumble, right? Nope. Yeah, man. You're going to call him one of the all-time greats and everything? Give him a Rumble win. Flat out do it. Taker got a Rumble win in uh, his 40s. Fucking, why not uh, Y2J? No. But, yeah, fair. Yeah, man. That's how I just would have done it. But the show being what it is... um, I'll say this, two matches in the Mania, they're on to a good start. Yeah, and so we so we got that match, and then I, uh, man, you know, not going in order here, because why not? Um, I Wasn't the Raw women's title match, women's title match, I think, after that, I believe? Um, that's a great question. I had that in front of me. One second. I did have it in front of me. Where the fuck did it go? 
Yeah. Hold, hold on, hold on. I, I'm 99% sure it was Bailey. I, I think I'm 99% sure it was Raw. Was it was. Match. It yeah. was the women's match. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into this. So I was against Bailey women the, winning the women's championship on Raw because I thought it made no fucking sense to do that, and I still feel like that. But I must admit, seeing her retain, I I was happy, but I was sad that she couldn't have won the title at Mania, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I this was not a, something I saw coming. I really didn't. I saw, I saw that match ending a lot differently. I saw it ending more like, uh, with Sasha turning heel, and why the hell didn't it happen then? I agree. Like, they've been hinting at it and hinting at it. Why not at Mania? But, again, but, I, but nonetheless, though, to go back to what you originally said, I agree. I think Bailey should have had a Mania moment. Um, I am glad that Charlotte was the one who got pinned last. Because, and I, and I like the fact that all three of them, you know, Bailey, um, Charlotte, and Sasha worked together on Nia Jax. And, uh, okay, so sorry, sorry if I may interrupt you real quick. My only problem with that was how quickly I felt like they took her out. They hit like two moves on her, and that was it. Agreed, agreed. But I, I like the fact that they put aside their differences. I mean, these were three of the four horsewomen, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, which, by the way, why didn't Corey Graves say that? I don't, like, I don't know. Like, you know, he was doing the commentary there in NXT when that was going down. Like, all, I don't know. To me, that's like a, a missed call there. Like, they should have brought that up. Um, but regardless of that, um, I like the fact that they used teamwork to do it because, like, I thought they made Nia Jax looks way too fucking strong going into this uh, match. Um, like strong, yeah, but not as strong as she's looked. Um, and then it just went, you know, it dwindled from there. I kind of really thought, uh, I kind of thought that, uh, uh, Sasha was going to do that heel turn, like I mentioned, but Bailey winning and winning clean, really like, you know, last move before the pin was that Randy Savage like elbow drop. So say what you will, man, that's clean finishing move. And, uh, Good for Bailey though. You know, I'm not sad that she retained. Um, good for her. Like flat out good for her, man. I know you're really high on Bailey. I'm not as high on her as I am like Charlotte, but nonetheless I recognize talent when I see it. And good for that girl. And look, I will say and look, I I, I give Charlotte a lot of shit. Because I think I should, because I just I, I think they're pushing her way too quick. The fact she's already, I believe, a four time women's champion, I think is just for goddamn ridiculous. Uh, but she did this corkscrew moonsault at a point in the, yeah, she... the outside, and I even had to stand up and go, God damn, that's impressive. So, uh, as you just said, I recognize talent when I see it, and I thought I thought that was just fucking incredible. But It really was. That was the move of the night for me, honestly. Like, okay. that that was, the like, just the hang time, too. And Charlotte's a tall gal, man, like... To move her body the way she did like that between, you know, the top turnbuckle and the floor, she doesn't have as much time to do it because she's, what, like six inches taller than the rest of them almost, you know? Like, damn. Like, that's hella impressive. And she hit it perfect. Fucking perfect. Um, 
That's why she is the queen. Um, but anyway, um, fantastic match, though. I, I really liked how it ended. Um, not, take Nia Jax thing aside, I thought it was a great match. Yeah, fair, fair enough. And then that brings us to, I believe, what was the Raw Tag Team Ladder Match, which was the... Yep. Which was... Uh, your favorite tag team, uh, Enzo and Cass, against uh, the club, against uh, Cesaro and Sheamus. Now, before we kind of jump in here, uh, Cesaro and Sheamus, I thought them wearing uh, the suit with the kilt, I thought was a brilliant touch. Whoever, I don't know if they yeah. kept that themselves or if that was creative or whoever, whomever came up with that, goddamn brilliant because it really showed them at their their unity as a tag team, and that made me very happy. Uh, I completely, I completely, I'm sorry, I just wanted to piggyback on that real quick. I completely agree with that. I thought that was, that was needed six months ago. Um, If they're debuting at Mania, they need to keep it going. I don't care how, keep that look going because it works. Um, In my opinion, it does. I really dug it as well. And that was a great entrance for them and. Again, I that made me take them more serious as a team moving forward. Me too. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was happy about that. And just to kind of jump back here real quick, the club, I, I thought they've done – I think they've done a bad job of utilizing them. I'm happy they won the belts, but they, they really should have made them look more dominant heading into Mania. One thing I will say before we kind of get into the surprise of this match, I thought the New Day, they used them as hosts. They used them – exactly how you should use a host they didn't use them all throughout the show they used they used them when they needed them i never got bored with them i still think the new day has some juice i think they should move to smackdown personally uh but i really enjoyed uh their beginning segment and i really loved what they did here introducing the fourth a fourth tag team which of course ended up being they say the Hardy Boys, but it definitely felt like Brother Nero <laughs> and uh, Broken Matt Hardy. They were, you know, they was even doing the delete, delete, which having 70,000 people chant delete has got to be just the most. I'm very happy for Matt Hardy because I remember when they just, you know, Jeff was, Jeff would take his shirt off. Oh, look at Jeff. And, and I always thought Matt was a way, way better wrestler. I think Jeff is just a spot monkey. And, and then when I say monkey, not in the way that Hulk Hogan would say it, but I, oh. but I really, <laughs> Impact Wrestling has been a train wreck for years, and the Broken Universe was the one thing I would actually watch the yeah. more, you know, so I, I'm really happy for Matt Hardy, and that he's found this, this career resurgence, uh, really later in his career, I think that's fucking awesome, and Having all those fans freak the fuck out as they did because you hear that dum, 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 you hear that fucking theme it's like oh my god sorry oh my god I'm sixteen again I I was right? happy. <laughs> I, I was happy for them I thought this was a damn good match uh, seeing <laughs> seeing Enzo get uppercutted off of a ladder made me genuinely happy <laughs> I just I hate you got the only one. Oh my god, I loved that so much because I hate Enzo so. God, he just annoys me to no end. When I'm feeling blue, I go back to the Royal Rumble this year and I just watch him run into Brock Lesnar. I put that on a loop. Makes me happy. I, I don't blame you. <laughs> I, that was the thing, though. He he really was... Uh, but to give everyone their props, uh, everyone took some really hard some really hard bumps. Yeah, there was, there was a seat did. 
there is a sequence where uh where, where Seamus is doing the ten the the beats of whatever the fuck he calls it, and Cesaro was doing the swing at the same time, and Cesaro hit I believe it was twenty seven rotations. I was like, oh my god, that's impressive, and then had enough strength to slingshot. I believe it was uh it was uh Anderson, uh no it was Gallows, uh, no no it was Anderson, uh slingshot uh Anderson into. Or Gals, who are the fuck? It's a slingshot the one into Sheamus who caught him midair and then power slammed him. It was such a beautiful sequence. And it, again, it spoke to their teamwork. So kudos to them. The Hardys looked really fucking good. Uh, I, I know they've slowed down a tad, but Jeff Hardy, because he's insane, doing a swanton, threw a, threw a ladder on Sheamus, and then he still hit Cesaro, but the ladder didn't break. But... A swanton off a 20-foot ladder, I can't imagine it's good for your health. I'm sure Jeff Hardy is going to feel super awesome in about 15 years. But, but Right. But it made, but fuck, it, it made me happy. And in zone Cass. Uh, Cass took some big bumps but looked dominant. He did. He uh, did. He will be an incredible single star when the time comes. And trust me, it will be here in like the next year or so. And, and uh, um, yeah, everyone looked really fucking good in this match I, I was really impressed with everybody uh yeah kind of your final thoughts on that yeah man um i agree the hardys looked a little slow um you know it's there i mean it's 2017 man like the years have not been the easiest on them in a lot of ways man and i'm happy for matt hardy too i wasn't a fan of the v1 stuff i really wasn't um i was always more of a jeff hardy guy um in general um but seeing them together seeing them flat out man complete the expedition of gold um i was thoroughly happy for them man and i fucking my buddy who watched it with me he's like dude you must really love that team i'm like what are you talking about he's like dude you smiled bigger during this match when the hardys were doing their thing than any other like one so far i'm like I was like, dude, you got to understand, man, like, the Hardys, like, back, I cited back to, you know, WrestleMania 17 and um, even 16, you know, WrestleMania 2000, the latter matches involved there with the Hardys, uh, Edge and Christian and the Dudleys, man, like, how how much of a big deal those matches were for that time in, in everything during the Attitude Era, and it's great to see them be welcome back because I remember seeing them start out, you know what I mean? And now they're they're those older guys now. And like it is a whole new generation of stars. And um seeing the Hardys get the the respect that they clearly do deserve. I mean, in my opinion, Bubba Ray and Devon should have had one more title reign, uh, like the Hardys are getting. But seeing Jeff do the Swanton, loved it. And I gotta say, man, like again, I'm not—I wasn't always the biggest Matt Hardy guy, but seeing the twist of fate off the ladder, man, he got up pretty quick after that. So it's not like it may have slowed down, but he could still get right back up and continue the match, which that's not really slowing down in terms of wrestling talk, you know. So sure. Hardy's looked great. I—I'm I, glad to see them back. Um, yeah, man, curious to see uh, how long they stick around and what's next. So. Yeah. Um, digging the digging the raw tag division right now. Yeah, no, I I agree. And then this is this is where I I think for me the order will be get a little a little hazy. I believe I can't remember if it was Miz or Maurice against Cena and Nikki. First. It was okay. It, it was, was that match. Okay. Um, 
So the build-up to this match was fantastic. I am by no means a Miz fan. When he talked shit about Daniel Bryan, I, I put a hex on his home. So I hope you can't get <laughs> it up. I hope you can't get it up, Miz, you son of a bitch. But I, but but the build-up to this match was fantastic. The whole Total Bellas thing they did were with Miz uh, impersonating Cena, I thought was fantastic. You're breaking oh rule God. number 100 or whatever he said. I thought it was great. And seeing Maurice do the Nikki Bella kind of uh, hip, hip dance there, that I, I can never be mad about that. So uh, No, of course not. Yeah, right. So, so and, and this is the thing about Cena that I will give credit to. When he's cutting a passionate promo and not trying to be funny, I think Cena can be one of the best promos in the business. But it's just when he does that terrible... I, I still remember when his feud with Bray Wyatt, which I still think Wyatt hasn't recovered from, when he said, you're the eater of the world. It looks like you're the eater of 100 cheeseburgers. Wah, wah, wah. I can't stand when Cena does shit like that. I just want to throw my controller through the TV. But his, <laughs> but his promos with The Miz and Maurice, I went, okay, th- this I can get behind. So, unfortunately, it was The Miz really dominating for 10, mi- t- 10 minutes, which was great. But then you knew what was coming, so then Cena and Nikki buried Miz and Maurice, and Cena got down on one knee, as opposed to both knees to blow Vince McMahon, and he said, hey, Nikki, <laughs> <laughs> he said, hey, Nikki, let's get married, and it was like, oh, I was talking to you while you were sleeping on, and under drugs, which Bill Cosby said a hundred times, I'm sure, <laughs> and, and, and just... You know, they Nikki got her mania moment. Good for fucking them. I thought the fans at first were pretty, as much of an asshole as I am, were, were pretty dick just booing while Cena's trying to, quote, pour his heart out on quote. I thought it was pretty terrible but hilarious. But then the crowd did quiet down, kind of let them have their, their moment. So, you know, whatever. I didn't really... Okay, actually, there was one thing about this match I genuinely hated. Why was Al Roker the special guest ring announcer? Why the fuck was Al Roker there? <laughs> right, dude. What the fuck was Al Roker doing there? Oh my god, man. That's how I felt too. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah. But you know, man, like you know the the scene or not the scene, um, you know, the build up for this match, I mean it was so blatantly obvious what was going to happen. Like, it wasn't even funny. Um, but the the promo that Cena was cutting on Miz and Maurice, when he nut-checked Miz, yeah. he looked like, he looked like the bully jock in any 80s, like, teen movie. And the Miz was, like, the scrawny, nerdy guy that the, the bully jock would pick on. Just when he did the nut check to him, like, yeah, motherfucker, I'd kick your ass anytime. Whap! You know? Yeah. Like, so, you know, that kind of thing. I was just like, ah, oh, heal Cena. You could do so much more dickish stuff like that, and it would work. Like, why don't they do it? But, of course, that'll never happen. But, oh, nah, of course not. Um, but, um, match was, I really hope Miz recovers. Because I've been digging the Miz since he went on his little tirade on Daniel Bryan. I mean, as much as I love Daniel Bryan, and I do... Um, the Miz for once looked vicious <laughs> and, uh, he's been, I, he's grown on me tremendously in the last 12 months. And, 
I hope he recovers from this because this is like the character he's needed to be and all of that. So um, I hope he recovers, man, because they got buried hard. Yeah, 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 they really did. Um, so, so then that brings us to, so I thought the first part, I thought this was like act one of Mania, honestly, as, as many fucking matches as it were. I thought this, right. I thought this was act one and it was like, okay, well here comes act two. And Act Two's were this this fell over like a tower in New York. I just went, God damn it, WWE! You should have cut like four of these matches, and this is where it went. So, uh, the next match after this was Seth Rollins versus Triple H. I'm sorry, was I did I sign up to watch Gone with the Wind in a match? Because this match took for fucking ever. Oh my god, it was like a 20 minute match. I was so bored for most of it. So. I liked it. Um, the only thing I didn't like was Triple H's entrance on his tricycle, you know. Um, that I thought was lamer than fucking shit, man. And uh, But I enjoyed the match, though. I thought they worked really well together. Like, it went back and forth. I didn't feel like anything was awkward. Seth Rollins looked good despite the knee. Um, which, you know, had to be aching somewhat like he put a lot of pressure on it in that match yeah he did um and triple h looked great i mean i gotta say like the the guy did not show really any ring rust to me and i actually really enjoyed the match like that i thought was a whereas john cena and nikki bella getting engaged in front of people and by beating the miz and maurice was a big down like real big down um i thought this was about like riding the ship in my opinion okay that that's fair uh there were some good spots here the the the, the counters to counters to counters to pedigrees uh, near the end of the match i thought was awesome uh yeah. see, seeing stephanie mcmahon go through table you know i i'm still i honestly still am a little bummed we um in look maybe we'll get it down the line it would be cool to see bailey against stephanie as long as bailey goes over <laughs> at, at some pay-per-view because i think there's still a story there that is unfinished but yeah, yeah over... Stephanie wants to get back in the ring i mean i i would that would be i'd be interested in seeing that i mean stephanie was never really great i hope she's been taking lessons because that what was that SummerSlam a couple years ago yeah uh, who did she with Brie Bella, right? Yep. Yeah, man. Um, that match sucked. Yeah. That's yeah, because Stephanie doesn't know how to work. <laughs> um, so, um, so there's that. Yeah, it wasn't very good, honestly. And I, I just, you know, hey, you know, it could be... It, it, Seth Rollins, they need to push him more as an anti-hero than as a full face. I think that's been the biggest problem for Rollins since he's made this turn. Also feuding with a guy who doesn't ever show up on fucking Raw, that will kind of derail your momentum as well. But uh, this match was good. I almost, and I'm kind of hesitant to say this, I would almost like to see Triple H come back for revenge and have them do a Hell in a Cell match. Independent of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, which they need to get fucking rid of, by the way. Because I would just like to see the buckle bomb through a side of the cell. I think that would just be a, a hell of a spot. But, yeah, overall, good match. Uh, 
but a good match, not not a great match. So, you know. So that took us to I believe it was uh, a <laughs> what maybe the uh, I believe this is oh no I think it was Goldberg it was Goldberg Lesnar before it was Wyatt uh, Orton wasn't it? I believe you are correct. I'm double checking right now. So I believe it was Goldberg versus Lesnar first for the Universal Title. It was actually uh, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton. Oh, it was Wyatt Orton first. So, okay, cool. We can talk about the second big, biggest disappointment of the night for me. Uh, this match... So, so Wyatt apparently can make, what, like, worms and shit appear now? I, I just... I I don't... I was thinking about that Patton Oswalt bit, and this is a bit obscure, so stick with me, where he's talking about how he's... Jesus, his powers in general are so random that he can, like, raise the dead and then, like, make a bunch of food. And it felt like they took Sandwich Joe, who was, like, the first draft of the Bible, and just combined his powers. That's what it felt like with Bray Bray Wyatt, where he can teleport and he can seemingly talk to the dead, because Sister Abigail is clearly dead, but now he can do... (laughs) He can have worms and shit pop. It just didn't make any sense. And... Seeing Orton win, yeah, I know. Predictable, yes. Was I happy about it? No. Uh, I, but they, they just don't work well together. They had a match at No Mercy, and I thought that match sucked. I thought this was worse than their match at No Mercy. I thought this was just a... Just l- lame as shit, personally. But, uh, yeah, your thoughts. Yeah, man, it was a big disappointment for me, too. I really wanted this to be Bray's spot, and... Uh... I told you a while ago, I think they're saying sorry to Randy Orton for that ass whooping he took at SummerSlam. Like, here, man, here's WrestleMania for you, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, but, yeah, man, fucking Bray Wyatt knows how to work a projector. Um, I don't know, man. I, I really hope they drop that shit. They pro- I, I know what they're trying to go for, but it just did not work. And... Uh, because first of all, no one's gonna believe maggots are that big. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I think it, it almost felt like Randy Orton was calling this one, calling this one in. You know what I mean? Like, did not put anything into it. I felt like Bray put more work into it. But um, I, I've never really liked Randy Orton. I still don't. <laughs> like all these years later, man, I still just don't like him. But That's I don't awesome. know. Dude. That's fair. And then uh, we get to the most intense, what, I think six minutes was how long this match went, which was Goldberg against Lesnar. Uh, I will say, like like I said, it, this match could not have been longer than ten minutes. There's no way. But with that said, it was better than the match at 20, so positive, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Um, I loved when uh... – Brock Lesnar did the fucking first three German suplexes, and Goldberg got right up and speared him. Yeah. Um, I thought that was fucking great. Didn't see that coming. I got a big reaction out of me, so that was a hell of a way to start. Honestly, too, part of me thought that was it. Part of me thought for a minute that was it. I was like, no shit. And uh, then, of course, everything changed up, and... uh, you know, both guys looked good uh, for a short time there. Uh, the spear through the barricade looked cool. Yeah, true. I mean, I thought, I thought Goldberg, uh, I thought Goldberg looked Goldberg looked fantastic. He he really did look good in the ring. Um, I will say for me, uh, seeing Lesnar pop off those Germans, I thought was great. 
and, and Heyman, Hey Heyman really should do more like T V and shit. Like he reminds me of, of like, you know, of a uh, of a Saul Goodman <laughs> from Breaking Bad. He he really it does have that slimy, devious, you know, like almost Don King esque way to to amp up events and shit like that because WWE creative can't be bothered to do it themselves. Uh, oh yeah, dude, absolutely, man. And you know, I always said too when when Rob Van Dam came back for that one summer, uh, what well, was it back 2014, I think. Um, I was like, why don't you just like put RVD with Paul Heyman, and like you know you have have him be, have a t- stable of two guys again, like he had he had CM Punk and Lesnar. Now it's RVD and Lesnar because. RVD showed he could still go, in my opinion. I loved it when I saw RVD on TV. And you put a man like Heyman behind him on the mic? Dude, that's how you do it, man. And um, I'm really surprised they didn't do it that way. Or not surprised, I was hopeful. Because, you know, he's an R- you know, RVD still Paul Heyman guy. And also, too, man, Heyman and his reactions outside the ring yeah. like helped sell all of those matches. Like him yelling Brock, you know, just at the like the right time, just adds to it, and that's why I'm glad you don't hear Brock Lesnar talk on TV anymore. You know, he doesn't fucking have to. And um, yeah, dude, many props to Paul Heyman, and especially here at WrestleMania, man, and the entire weekend of it, like even the build up alone, props to Paul Heyman, you know. So, um, terms of mat uh, match duration, um. I would like to have seen it gone on a little longer, like up to 10 minutes would have been cool because I've seen both guys put on good matches before and I know they can, I know they just don't care, but it would have been nice to see them put some effort into it because I know Lesnar can still do a lot of, uh, you know, good takedowns and, you know, submission holds, everything like that. You know, they could have made the match go on a little bit longer. Goldberg knows the same types of moves. I've seen him use them before. He could do it again. That's my opinion. Um, so, I mean, I'd give it a B minus. It was, it was, it was cool, but could have gone longer. They could have done a couple more things, in my opinion, to make it really bump up a few grades there. But um, high impact for such a short match. So, I mean, it worked for what it was. But yeah, I think it could have been better. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. So, you know, we so we got that one down. And then uh, I, this is where the card gets a little bit. So I believe it was the, women, uh, the, the SmackDown women's match after this, I believe. Uh, let's see here. See, this is how big this card was. It's like, oh, God. Yeah, it was. This? Yeah, yeah, it's that. And then, of course, what ended up closing the show. Yeah, so, okay, I'm just going to go through this really quick. I mean, I'm happy for Naomi that she was able to get back, you know, I find it I find it hilarious that WWE will be will say hey you know you can't defend your title within 30 days we gotta take the belt off of you but what Lesnar two years ago wasn't defending the title for months at a time it's like oh that's fine and you know or or Trish Stratus years ago where she got injured for I believe three months if not four months and she was still the women's champ and he just didn't take the belt off her they went oh that's fine so you know WWE is very selective when it comes to do that. Of course, it's the black. Apparently, Hogan's booking creative for Naomi. Just, you know. But, <laughs> by the way, I'm just going for Hogan jokes at this point, so I'm just trying to find ways to, to squeeze them wait, in. Wait, before we go any further, before we go any further, thank you WWE for not 
bringing him back at Mania. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The rumors were going. Yeah, all know. Thank you. A million times, thank you. I'm done. Well, <laughs> well, don't worry. It'll, they'll save it for SummerSlam. So. Oh, God! <laughs> it, it's, it's coming. You know it's coming. But uh, overall, this match, I mean, not horrible, but it... The match was only like seven minutes. It was, it was barely over the Lesnar-Goldberg match. I remember timing it. And, you, you know, I, I liked seeing Becky Lynch kind of as uh, someone out of Mad Max, which just uh, just ups my attraction for it even more. Uh, James Elver, uh, Ellsworth taking the uh, Beckplex made me very happy because James Ellsworth is the worst. Not quite as good as Styles su- uh, snap suplexing him to a barricade, but I'll take it, you know. Uh Right. <laughs> yeah, it was cool to see Naomi win the title back in her home, in her hometown. Uh, because, yeah. Because that's where, because Bailey is about to lose hers at Payback in her hometown, which will make me sad. Oh. But uh, you heard it here first. But I was happy yeah. for Naomi and seeing her win off a submission, which was a good looking submission move, like a modified Anaconda Vice, really. Uh, yep. Which I thought was really slick, and then. That slide Naomi did down the rampway was really fucking cool. I have to give her credit. I can't imagine how uh, much her knees hurt. Uh, poor Uso the night later, uh, <laughs> later in the night. But, but yeah, I mean, decent match. You know, nothing to write home about. You know, you know it, they they should have built the stories up more, and that's something that I will give. While Raw, I think, has a better division, I think SmackDown has done a pretty good, uh, has done a better job of building up women's stories between multiple uh, sets of women. I, I just wish maybe SmackDown had the Raw women's roster so they could, they could do that a little better. But, yeah, I thought it was a decent match. Uh, any final thoughts on that? Yeah, man, I mean, cool for Naomi. They just shouldn't have stripped her from, to, you know, to begin with. Um, like, let it play out. Like, they could have, in my opinion, you know, found out, like, the weekend of, stripped her of it, and then say, oh, well, now we're guaranteed a new women's champion at WrestleMania, and that would have been better booking there if necessary. But, um, yeah, no, good for Naomi, and um, we'll see how everyone goes with this. I am kind of... I'm hoping Becky Lynch gets back into the title picture. Um, Her looking like the chick from, uh, what is that game called, Uh, Horizon Zero Down or something like that. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. That's that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, That was a hot look, gotta say. Yeah, I just, oh, Becky Lynch, you were just, you're you're lovely. Which brings us to the biggest want, want, want to to end the night. We got Roman Reigns, goddammit, against The Undertaker in the match I did not want to see, but we all knew was coming. And this is Roman Reigns. How, Reigns has been around, what, like five years? Or like four yep. years in the main roster? He's got three Mania main events already. Yep. I hate that more than I can ever I can ever put into words. It was really cool. And by the way, oh my god, I, I, I think this is apropos to bring this up. Uh, my, our sincerest condolences to Jim Ross for losing his wife. That was just... That, yeah. broke, that broke my heart seeing that. I was like, dude, I'm... Because Jim Ross has done so much for wrestling, and honestly, if there's if there's one thing I think Vince McMahon will burn in hell over for uh, between you know 
uh, in, in a roundabout way, killing Owen Hart, and yes, I stand by that, and, you know, the way he's degraded women, and the way he's he's treated JR, and not putting certain down, but yeah, Vince McMahon has a lot of sins to atone for, but the way he's treated Jim Ross throughout the years is probably his most egregious offense, because he's treated JR like shit, considering all the things that JR is to do, just helping out creative, helping sign wrestlers, all these great things that Jim Ross would do that Vince McMahon would profit off of because he's a no-good son of a bitch. I'm sorry. Anyways, but... <laughs> but... Uh, with that said, it was cool to see Jim Ross count, calling a main event. Uh, they announced that uh, he has signed a two-year deal where he'll be doing a lot of stuff on, uh, stuff on the network. It, it, it really... You know, hearing Michael Cole and Byron, Uncle Tom Saxton, call most of the action. It's just, God, they need Jim Ross back in the booth. Like, like, and this wasn't even, like, one of his best calls by a sizable margin. It was still better than the shit that, that, uh, what's his name? Michael Cole and Byron, again, uh, Coon Saxton will bring to the table. Corey Graves did a great job, but Jim Ross is just on another level. But it was great to see him out calling out, this, calling this main event. Um, this match was hard to watch. To be honest with you, and and I'll kind of let you jump in here while before I elaborate. So yeah, what were you kind of thinking about the match? So the match was better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Um, Undertaker looked real, real weak going into this. Yes, he did. Um, that was, and that's not even like, that's not even like storyline wise. That's him, like, you could see how much physical pain he was in at the Royal Rumble. And uh, that wince that the camera caught when he chokeslammed Braun Strowman on Raw. Yeah. You could see how much pain he was in. And I, my expectations from there went in the toilet. And then um, that's with no disrespect. Yeah. When you, if your if your hips are fucked up and you're expecting to do all this stuff that the Undertaker ended up doing in the match, um, my hats off to him regarding that. Um, I've never been his biggest fan, and it was basically later in his career that I started to like him a bit more and appreciate the the matches he's put on. Um, when we eventually do get talking to our uh, um, top ten matches of all time. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a hint here now. Spoiler alert, The Undertaker is one half of my number one. And, uh, oh, yeah. And okay. um, nonetheless, nonetheless, it was – you knew the out – it was painfully obvious who was going to win. Yeah. And um, I really loved the beginning of the match. Undertaker throwing out Roman Reigns. Still my yard. Loved that, um, you know, just the t trash talking, you know, the Undertaker kicking out of the spears. I'm glad he, like, kept fighting and fighting. It was, the end of the match was oddly, in some ways, reminiscent to um, WrestleMania 26 when uh, Shawn Michaels retired. Yeah. Um, especially with how the match ended. You know, Shawn, you know, when you recall, slapped the Undertaker... And did the the throat slice thing, and then of course you know Undertaker tombstoned him, and that was it. Um, if I read his lips correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, the very end of the match, the Undertaker can barely get up. Roman Reigns is looking like he doesn't want to end it, you know, like he's doing it at like a mercy killing. 
Undertaker looks like to me he says, you ain't got the balls. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Loved that. That saved it so much for me in terms of the match alone. Um, the And again, the match was better than I thought it would be because Undertaker actually, you know, did a lot of his signature stuff. Not every bit of it. I don't recall. He didn't do old school, did he? No, he did not. Yeah. But he did a lot of other things, including, you know, the snake eyes and the, the, the run and then the big boot and all that kind of thing. So, you know, the, you know I'm surprised he did a leg drop to begin with. <laughs> Um, especially on that hip yeah especially yeah and so i mean for the undertaker to go out um this is not a bad final match at his age in the pain that he was in in my opinion he has every right to be proud of that match um i would be if i was him flat out if i felt like my body was going and like he needs the you know the hip replacement and all that like this is a hell of a way to go out for him. For Roman Reigns, um, missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Um, I think, you know, him, like, needing to cheat to win to uh, to win would have been a much better thing rather than making a no-holds-barred match. I agree. Um, turn him heel and let the fans just boo him because... I think we could just straight out almost segue into the... Well, I'm going to go flat out and then... I mean, I want to hear your thoughts on the match too, but like going into how they um, used Reigns the night after... Yeah. If it goes in the direction that it almost feels like it's going in, we'll get to that in a second, um, I would almost be okay with how the match ended. But again, like... Uh, I don't know, man. I would like to see... Honestly, man, if I was going to see anyone in The Undertaker's career, it would have been Bray Wyatt. But that's me. No, uh, boogeyman, boogeyman for Boogeyman, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I just... This match was bad. That's all I really thought the whole time. This match was... Yeah, a couple decent spots. The the spear through the table, I will give Reigns credit. That was a cool-looking spot. Um, but... There was just some stuff that just made me fucking sad. Like that, that like if if you wanted to see a worse last ride than when uh, Taker yes. Taker gave it to Lesnar at Mania, whatever, um, uh, Mania Thirty, uh, this was it. It was more of a running par- power bomb. D'Lo Brown does a better running power bomb than the under- than the Undertaker did with this last ride. It just looked really bad. Um, I agree. And then Reigns unable to get uh the undertaker up to reverse it for the tombstone because he's a big fat pussy uh i thought yeah. that <laughs> i thought that was that that looked that looked horrendous that actually took me out of the match for several minutes i don't even know if i ever really recovered from that because then he just put him down superman punched him and even the superman punch looked bad when he hit it but i will say as reigns ended taker's career uh, I, I might have uh, might have teared up a little bit just knowing that it this is uh, presumably the end and the fact that uh, the Undertaker, you know, left everything in the ring. Literally left everything in the ring. He left his hat, the the coat, and his gloves in the ring. And then, uh, fucking Terminator Two style, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, you know, went faded literally into the mist 
and the clouds that they had for his entrance and everything. That, um, yeah, I I got choked up. I'm enough of a man to admit it. Uh, I thought it was uh, it was intense to see that happen because thinking about it, I I still I still remember going to church one time and asking about being able to rise from the dead because of the Undertaker. That's how over the gimmick was in my head as a kid. I was like, well, the Undertaker can rise from the dead, so you're saying God's the only one who can do it? Like, I, I, like, <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. I genuinely had that conversation with my pastor, and he was like, God damn it. Like, he didn't say that, but I'm sure in his head he was thinking, God damn it, goddamn wrestling, what the fuck? You know, I, you know, I grew up with the Undertaker on that level. You know, I remember the old school you know, gray gloves. I remember when we switched to the purple gloves and the tie gimmick, which I really fucking loved, even though his opponents weren't always quality. I, I've i been an Undertaker fan for so long, you know, through all the multiple reincarnations of the character, and just seeing him lose to Roman Reigns to end his career just really, it left a really bad taste in my mouth, uh, which carried over into Raw. I, I think we've talked about Mania enough, honestly, but so to go through both shows kind of kind of quickly here, um, it started off with Reigns opening the show. I haven't heard booze like that in. I, I can't honestly remember how long it's been since I've heard booze like that. The the fans literally booed him out of the fucking arena. They would not shut the fuck up and let this man speak. And even Michaels in Canton in, in Toronto four or five years ago however long it was uh, ago it was i don't know if the booths were that loud in toronto for Shawn michaels uh, the fans could not have put more of a neon sign saying fuck you roman reigns than it the way they booed this man which again made me genuinely happy because i can't say roman reigns but i will give reigns credit he said he said four words it's my yard now drop the mic and left that's all he needed to say. He didn't need to stretch it out. So, did that feel like a heel turn to you? Because it definitely felt like one to me. And that's and that's where I was going with my comments about, uh, you know, how WrestleMania ended. Um, if that's the heel turn, it may be brilliant. I really want to see how next week goes. I really do. Um... Because that's the only way they're going to get me interested in Roman Reigns right now. Um, we'll see how it goes. I really liked how Paul Heyman basically called him out during Brock Lesnar's promo. Yep. Or, well, his promo featuring Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought it was interesting that Braun Strowman came out and said when he's done with Roman Reigns. Because we're, since we're talking about Reigns... Um, like, there's unfinished business there. Um, that's the last thing they need to do right now, I think, with Reigns, is put him in another match with Strowman. I agree. Um, shit, put him up against Brock. Do it now. Like, why not? You know, Goldberg's not going to execute his rematch until SummerSlam at the soonest, if he comes back. Which I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. You'll hear it here first. There You'll you see... Uh, You'll see Goldberg at SummerSlam. Um, but regardless, um, seeing uh, um, how that whole scenario shook out, I would 
Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar, want to see it. I do too. Um, that that was I thought really cool. Um, Reigns Lesnar, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. I mean, the, I I enjoyed their match for the most part at WrestleMania um, a couple years ago because you got to see all the slow motion shots that Brock Lesnar would actually do to Roman Reigns. It looked like they hurt like hell, and that made me happy. I want to see more of that. Like, yes, let's beat up. You know, AJ Styles would beat up John Cena, and now I want to see Brock Lesnar beat up Roman Reigns. Um, I think that would be awesome. I, I want to, I do want to see that again. Um, but Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman, I don't want to see it because I think Braun Strowman needs to get right back on that horse and ride that high he was on, and a match with Reigns will only slow that shit down. No, no I, I could not agree with you more. So that brings us to. That brings us to a match that I... Uh, not a match, actually, now that I think about it. That brings us to a new day. who's finally actually getting back to... Uh, getting back to a feud that I think is going to be amazing. Or a new feud that I think is going to be amazing. So, they issued an open challenge. And your boys debuted on the main roster. The Revival. Yes! Yes! Loved it. Um, Love the fact that they uh, are going to be on Raw. Um, which already has a great tag division. They're just going to be um, a fantastic addition. I am really looking forward to seeing uh, the revival take on uh, Cesaro and Sheamus if they don't get sent to another, uh, if they don't get sent to SmackDown. I think that is a matchup that'll be gold because of how talented all four guys are and how I think Cesaro and Sheamus work better with smaller guys than bigger guys. So. You know, having the revival not be like, you know, authors of pain huge, or or even like, you know, the size of Luke Gallows for both competitors. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would be a tremendous feud when it happens. Um, and I loved, and I love the outcome. I know you like New Day and all, but the revival win right out of the gate, man. And I, I fucking loved it. So um, that made me happy on Raw right away. Oh, and I'm sorry. I'd like to just say something real quick, man. I am so over the announcers talking about that the crowd right after WrestleMania is not a traditional crowd. That they'll cheer people they normally boo and that they'll yeah. boo normally cheer and how it's only once a year. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Just let it naturally accrue. Um, JB, uh, who was it? Somebody was talking about Roman Reigns, and they're like, "How is Roman Reigns not the biggest name in the company?" Look at the reaction he's getting, and all this, this, and this, and this. If fans really wanted him gone, they just sit on their hands the whole time whenever he's out there. I got thinking about that. I'm like, you know what? That's a great idea. I'm not gonna boo that man. I'm literally gonna give no reaction, and <laughs> maybe one day he'll just vanish if it catches on. But I'm sick and tired of that comment. Um, I, I was really bummed out that Corey Graves said it this year. It's like, oh, Corey, you sold out, you son of a bitch. Oh, spe that. speaking of that, to kind of piggyback off that real quick, hearing the under so the Undertaker kind of got away with it because he said uh, at WrestleMania the Ultimate Thrill Ride will be your last ride. But hearing all these wrestlers have to call it the Ultimate Thrill Ride, Jesus Christ, like it, it was just. It's those buzzwords that WWE uses that just irritates me to no fucking end. How they make the wrestlers 
whore out that fucking term <laughs> or the terminology that it's the ultimate thrill ride. It's it's roadblock. It's dirt block. End of the line. You know, it's always something right? like that. Right. And it just it is too. And like, come on, guys, like, drop the gimmicks. And that's the thing too, man. Like, you know, like they're not allowed to say like title mat or title shot. You can't say that no more. You can't call you can't call it the WWE Championship belt or the strap. You can't use the term strap or belt. Like, come on, guys. Like, you know, it's the championship or the title. Like, come on, guys. Like, that's how you're, like, unlegitimizing WWE and what you've done to almost legitimize it the last few years. You're yeah. taking a, certain buzzwords and replacing them with other ones that are changing the product and how it ends up being presented. To me, if they want to be taken more seriously, yes, they have a grand production and everything like that. They need to scale shit back and make it more simplistic, like it's actual prize fighting. Um, just done to their whole shtick, you know what I mean? Um, that's where I think they need to go moving forward in the future. But I don't know, man. Um, hearing like hearing the commentators make excuses for the crowd just makes me fucking just pisses me off, man. And um, JBL does it more than fucking anyone else. And I can't stand JBL for a lot of reasons, and I'll touch on that before we wrap up today. But um, yeah, man. Sorry, I had to get that off my oh, chest because no, no, it bothers me to no end. So just uh, again, just kind of as as we wrap up here, revival looked awesome. The Shatter Machine might be the best tag team finisher that is in WWE right now. Uh, I I love the way it looks, honestly, and it looks flawless whenever they do it. Actually, it's probably second to Gargano and Ciampa's move. Not even about it, but it it actually they're right there. They're both right there. They're both very good moves, but. Yeah, they are. Uh, the the Shadow Machine looks fantastic, and I like the beatdown of Xavier Woods, uh, not Xavier Woods, of Kofi Kingston. We all look alike, but the beatdown oh. of... But I like the beatdown of... Well, that's what Hulk Hogan would say. Ah, oh, that's another one, but... Oh, I, oh, but, oh I, but, uh, but I... But I... But I enjoyed the beatdown of Kingston afterwards, just to remind everyone, like, hey, we're fucking heels. You know, I thought that was a very nice touch, so... That worked out super well, and then... Uh, kind of, and you can feel free to jump back and kind of fill in the blanks here. Uh, it was cool to see uh, Jericho get beat down by Owens and Samoa Joe. I think that will be a cool. I mean, that that could be a great tag team if they ran with it, which they fucking should. But it was cool seeing them like take out Jericho. Uh, so I'm sure Jericho will come for payback if you will at the next <laughs> at the next pay-per-view thank you thank you i'm here all week but i uh it'll be cool to see jericho and owens again hopefully they make it a, like a like a street fight uh, uh for, for their match which, which they should do but uh with jericho getting taken out and uh our new gm kurt angle kurt fucking angle which was fantastic to see uh, before we kind of get kind of wrap up raw here this was the first time not the first time but i looked at this man when he made the announcement and thought god you're looking old like you're really yeah. start, you're starting to really look like a melted candle and it's it's like vince is like fighting his body so he's looking like his dad uh did towards the end yeah it's, it's... I, I know i noticed that too i noticed that too and i but you know come to think of it man like Watch that guy age 30 years these last 30 years. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, 
bound to catch up to you, you know, like these guys are getting older. I mean, shit, a lot of them are just dropping like flies, man. Vince should be lucky he hasn't. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's an old man, dude. Flat out, he's an old man. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it really, uh, it, it really, um, made him look bad, but it was so cool to see Kurt Angle out there and he was grinning from ear to ear. Um, as well he should be. I'm happy that Vince and Triple H finally fucking got over themselves and brought Angle back because Angle deserves to be in WWE and had one of the best Hall of Fame speeches I personally have seen. Um, yes, he did. Yes, he did. And just to comment on that very quickly, um, never the biggest Kurt Angle fan either myself. Um, he He's definitely in... Um, you know, he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, everything like that. I, I don't question that at all. I appreciated more uh appreciated it more the older I got too. Um but I mean his match with uh Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania twenty one, um in terms of matches that I've seen in person, that's the absolute best one that I've been in attendance for. And uh uh Bobby Heenan even once said that that was the best match he ever watched. Um so Kurt Angle, you know, deserves every bit of praise he gets. I hope he's a great GM. I hope we get to see the funny side of Kurt again, like we saw again at the Hall of Fame speech. I really appreciated that he didn't take all of that stuff seriously. You know, there's a lot of guys that get inducted who, um, they're prima donnas about it, like flat out, like some that make big deals about it. And there's, you know, you get guys like Kurt Angle who's like, this is awesome. I'm glad you're doing this and, you know, poke fun at myself here for a little bit. He fucking did a great job with it. And I'm glad Kurt Angle's back. Um, I hope he does wrestle again. I'm, I'm sure he will. He'll probably have a match. I don't think it's SummerSlam. They could save it for Mania next year, which I think would be the smartest thing to do right now. Um, but I hope we get funny Kurt Angle in a lot of spots to him as GM. I think he could be right up there with Foley with how Foley was back in 2000 when he was the uh uh when he was first gm uh back then or commissioner yeah. i should say yeah um that to me is uh what i'm hoping for that we get something not similar in style but quality for kurt angle being in there okay um i will say for me um angle coming back meant the return of maybe probably my third favorite wrestler on the brand uh on, on the um, in, in all of wwe which is finn balor so balor returned yes uh, which thank god and balor balor looks more ripped than he did before he left I, I i don't know what happened but he looked like he probably gained 10 pounds of muscle like balor looks in ridiculously good shape and Oh, those emerald eyes, he's, you can just get lost. I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? Sorry. He, I was just going to say, man, he, uh, I mean, he's been rehabbing hard, man. I mean, like, you know, a lot of guys, when they come back from rehab, from a major injury like he did, like, do you remember what Triple H looked like when he came back in oh, 2000? Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, flat out, man, like, they hit it hard when they were rehabbing everything. And, like, Randy Savage, when he blew out his knee came back month, many months later. He was twice the size he was normally. I, yeah, he was. And, and uh, you know, Finn Balor looked great. And I'm hoping hoping he stays injury-free. That scar is ugly as sin. Yeah. Uh, but it was kind of interesting to see him tag up with Seth Rollins. 
I'd rather see them have another match again because their match at SummerSlam was friggin' awesome. Um, injury, despite injury and everything, because again, Balor's so awesome he finished the match. But um, again, I think missed opportunity. They could have brought Finn Balor back at Mania itself. That would have been a huge moment there. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping this is you know many great things from Finn Balor. Hope he doesn't get hurt again, you know, ever. But I mean, like, I hope that if he is bound to get hurt again, it's a long time until then because I really want to see what kind of run he can put together there. Because um, again, he got screwed. Or, I mean. He got the curse of injury, man, because I think he would have been a great universal champion. So, I, um, I agree. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, one thing I will say um, before we kind of move on to SmackDown, I'll kind of throw it back to you so you can get your, your last things in here. Um, I was really disappointed that no one brought up the fact that Rollins basically got injured because of Balor. Like, I was really disappointed no one on commentary brought that up. That was kind of one of those, hey, that's a really big deal. Is no one going to bring that Oh, no, we're not going to talk. Okay, cool. Uh, the f- that was a huge missed opportunity, I thought. So the fact no one brought that up I thought was pretty stupid. <laughs> but but with that said, they they tagged pretty well together, I must admit. And Bauer looked fucking fluid in the ring. That was the other thing. I was kind of waiting, like, okay, is there going to be ring rest? No. Bauer looked... Really good in the ring, especially when he hit that basement drop kick and pinned Kevin Owens. Yep. Uh, yep. He, he looked solid, and uh, I'll throw it back to you for your last thoughts on Raw. But the fact that Samoa Joe wasn't in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and didn't win it, I thought was pretty ridiculous. I would have given it to Joe or Strowman myself. Uh, Joe looked great in the ring. He damn sure better get a Mania match next year. Hopefully, it's him for Styles or him or Styles against Nakamura. Ooh, actually, I want Styles versus Nakamura more. Never mind. Uh, but oh, how about uh, a, how about a how about a triple threat, man? Oh, oh, that'd be so good. Don't tease me. But uh, hey, but, man, I'm just, who would not mind seeing that? I mean, really, like a triple threat between those two? I mean, I don't know, man. I, I again, hey, I'd be happy with AJ and uh, Samoa Joe. You know, how many classics did they put on, man? At uh, in TNA. Um, I'd love to see that on the big stage. You know, I absolutely would. Um, I think it was, I think it was foolish that uh, Samoa Joe didn't get a uh, match at Mania. I, I honestly would have put him and Sami Zayn into a match together. I think that could have been one of those sleeper matches that steals the show. I really do think so. Giving them, like, give them 15 minutes to see what they can do. And, uh, but I don't know, man. Um, I hear that. You know, the whole um, Styles and, uh, not Styles, um, but the whole, uh, whatchamacallit, um, alliance of Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe, um, I hear that's going to be part of, like, some heel stable with Triple H, like, calling the shots. Yeah. I don't know who else they put in there with them, but... You know, with Vince announcing the Superstar Shakeup, it could be anyone. And given the state that Raw is in right now, a lot of people say put AJ Styles to Raw, and normally I would say yes. But, you know, the club's there. I'd love to see them reunite. I absolutely would. I'd love to see the club and Finn Balor. Oh, my God. 
all four of them together as one unit, fucking sign me up. Because I still like Gallows and Anderson. And I think they could be faces. I think you could even make the club a face, like, stable if you really wanted to. Because Gallows and Anderson, I think, work so well. And they can be funny when they want to. Um, I think you could make them faces with Styles and Finn Balor and have them go against that heel stable if you really wanted to of Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, and whoever else they ended up pulling to step up in there. I think that would be Oh my god, I'd shit myself, man. Make that a Survivor Series match this year? Sign me the fuck up, you know? Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't know what they're going to do with it. Um, you know, of course, some people are going to go from Raw to SmackDown and all that kind of thing. Um, curious to see how that whole thing plays out. Diving into SmackDown real quick, they said that, you know, they, they teased AJ Styles, you know, like him saying... What did he say? Like, he wants to stay on SmackDown. He shook Shane McMahon's hand. They're teasing okay. the... So, so, jumping into SmackDown, since you brought that up... I yeah, that's if, what I was doing. If they, I swear to God, if they move Styles to Raw, I'm going to be so upset. Don't do that. Please keep Styles on SmackDown. He's been the MVP of that show. He's right. He's... Like, when he says he's been the MVP of the show, he's completely 100% correct. It's, it's he is. insane how correct he is on that. And and I swear to God, if they put him on Raw, he'll get lost in the shuffle. We just got Balor back. There's no reason to put Styles on Raw. Please, WWE, for the love of fucking God, do not do that. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, man, I, I agree with you. As much as I'd love to see that, like I mentioned, that foursome of, of Styles, Balor, Gallows, and Anderson, I would... I want nothing more in the next, like, year to have that happen in WWE. AJ Styles needs to stay on SmackDown. Absolutely he does. Him shaking Shane McMahon's hand, I didn't mind it, really. I think he was just basically, like, basically saying what we were all thinking and basically giving Shane credit where credit's due. And like I said, when we were talking about Mania, it takes two people to make a match. Seeing them shake hands, I didn't really have a problem with it. And... Um, if that's how they're going to start the face turn for Styles, I dig it. Cool. Let's do it. Like, let's give the fans real reason to cheer for him. Not that they don't need to based on talent alone. Because he's the fucking man. Yep. Sorry. No, uh, no, you are totally right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, dude. Uh, curious to see how that ends up shaking out. Um, SmackDown in itself, though, I wasn't really that, that didn't do much for me. I um, I agree. There are a couple things that stood out. So the style Shane handshake, by the way, I was a little mad Shane didn't uh, sell the injuries and the loss a little more. That that did just as a wrestling fan kind of irked me a little bit. Um, I get it, but still kind of irritating. But um, Mojo Rawley talked about winning the Andre. I, I fast forwarded through it. I was like, I don't care. I was like, I. I'm oh, sure. see, I forgot about it because I don't care at all about exactly. Mojo. Exactly. <laughs> see, like it was, it was one of those things where I went, oh yeah, you did win the Andre Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and cool. We're gonna fast forward while you look like a clown in that suit. So we're not gonna talk about that. What we are gonna talk about is you got your revival debuting, which made me sad. We got Ty Dillinger debuting the Perfect Ten, which I know made you sad. But it made me happy as shit. I was, as my grandpa would say, I was as happy as a pig and shit when I saw Ty Dillinger debut, and that 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 made me very happy. Um, that the whole ten chant, it's it's the new yes chant. 
That's really what it is. And so, on that aspect alone, I give them props because it's fucking brilliant. Because you can have the little kids go, you know, let, let's, let's teach you to count to ten so you'll be a Ty Dillinger fan. I mean, it... Oh, it, God. It, I mean, it makes sense, you know, and he... And he beat Kurt Hawkins, which, I mean, you know, like, it's, like, celebrating that you beat a blind kid in basketball, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, so, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, no one cares about Kurt Hawkins, but the only show got a good win with the tiebreaker, which, you know, was cool. So, you know, good, good, good for you, sir. I know that you're not a fan of Dillinger, but I was happy to see my debut. Look, look, man, I'll say this about, this is what I'm going to say about Dillinger. This is why I don't like him. And it's all the gimmick or the parts of the gimmick that just irk me. I can't stand his haircut. I think it looks stupid as shit. I really can't stand it. I, I oh, God, I just, ugh. That jacket, <laughs> he looks like a comic book villain. He does, like, that shit, he looks like uh, he's wearing a uh, casual jacket out that belonged to Ming the Merciless, man. I mean, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> what that collar, man, is ridiculous. It's like something from Doctor Strange's like casual wear around the house. Like that shit just oh, I think it's ugly as sin jacket. I don't like the music. I don't like his music either. The ten thing doesn't bother me. I would like him to see I'd like to see him as a heel and call himself the new standard. That's what I'd like to see. Um but don't it's literally the gimmick. Does he got talent? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, <laughs> Damn. I, I think does, does he have that, talent? <laughs> I gotta see him more, I guess. But he, I would have made him a bitter heel because he got turned away all those years ago, and how he scrapes and fights just to like get back up to here, and he's not gonna let anything stand in his way. He doesn't care how he gets there as long as he's the man. That would have worked out so much better for him, specifically because they documented how he got fired previously, right? Yeah. And I don't know. That's to me, is what I would have done. Um, but, I mean, but, you know, hey, I'm one fan, and clearly I'm in the wrong because the, fa- and the fans love him. I mean, you're one of them. I, I shit, I'm just one of the weird ones, I guess. <laughs> that, that's. That's fine, man. I'm just I'm just saying that I I would go. I, it Lord willing, we go to Mania next year. I I will mark the fuck out. Lord willing, Dillinger has a match because I I would love to see that. Um, but then let's talk about the thing that. By the way, there was a main event. Uh, Eric Rowan came back and took the fall, which bummed me out for against. Uh, he teamed up with Bray Wyatt to take on Luke Harper and Randy Orton. Uh, Luke Harper, another guy who could have won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, but WWE's yep. going ahead. Um, Orton won the RKO after Bray teleported, and they're going to have a Chamber of Horrors match or uh, a, a, a Mr. Magoo match, whatever the fuck they call it. I think it's a Chamber of Horrors match or House of Horrors match. Right. Uh, who, right. who the fuck cares? Orton's going to win again, and it'll just take another shot to Bray's stock. And then they'll be like, well, why can't we get both Bray Wyatt up? Maybe because he loses all the fucking time at his own game. That's what's going to happen. So, okay, cool. Address that. But what I will say was the big highlight for me is the Miz and Maurice, I mean, John Cena and Nikki Bella, they came out and they talked about... That, that was funny shit. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was funny shit. 
they they came out and talked and uh, cut a promo on the real John Cena and Nikki Bella. And so they go to leave, and randomly this black guy pops up on the ramp. It's like, oh, shit, did, so, did, did a fan jump the barricade? Uh, but no, it was... <laughs> Oh, that's, well, that's what Hulk Hogan would say. He'd go punch the guy in the face. But uh, no, he would think that's uh, he would think that's his uh, next photo that's gonna lay down for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Black lives don't matter, brother. Boom. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, I think it was the same violinist from uh, Takeover, uh, the last uh, Takeover couple ones back. I, I think it was the same dude. Uh, he looked very similar. Um, so. Violinist pops up on the stage, and I I still have SmackDown saved because I've probably gone back and watched it like twenty times easily because Shinsuke Nakamura made his fucking debut on the main roster and it was yeah. uh pardon the term glorious in the irony that I'm using that word uh seeing Shinsuke he didn't say a fucking word and that's how charismatic Nakamura is he doesn't even need to cut promos that's how great he is um. The crowd lost their shit. That's probably the biggest pop of all, uh, the whole, maybe the biggest pop all between both shows, honestly. Uh, Bauer got a hell of a response, but Nakamura, people were losing their shit. That's what they should have been, because Nakamura is wonderful. Um, it was great to see Nakamura, and it was such a cool thing to see Bow to the violinist. Just, just little shit like that that Nakamura does make, makes me go, oh, sir, you're just one of my favorites. Um, if it leads to a program with him and The Miz, I think that'd be awesome, honestly, because The Miz and Nakamura, I think, could have some good, have could have a really good program together, uh, just because of how different they are. But, uh, yeah, your thoughts I'd on like it too. I would like to see it, too, man. Um, I, you know, I was glad to see uh, Shinsuke uh, debut on SmackDown. Um, felt it was uh, definitely time, especially with, uh, you know, going out the way he did at TakeOver. Um, of course, you know, we all want to see him and Styles go one-on-one, which, oh my god, that'd be great, that'll be great, because I finally did watch that match, you oh, told me about, oh, for Muscle Kingdom, and what was it, 10 or or 9? I believe it was 10. I believe it was 10 as well. Um, it was a great match. Right. It was a great match. Um, excited to see what they could do here, um, because eventually they'll get around to it. Um, but him and the Miz, I think it's one of those pairings that you don't see coming that has, uh, really great chemistry. So that's my hope for it at least. And we'll see how it goes. But yeah, Nakamura, SmackDown, I think it's a great fit. Um, yeah, I'd love to see Nakamura and, uh, Randy Orton cause I'd love to see Randy Orton get his ass kicked. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, I would do. <laughs> but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Uh, thank you, Brock, for SummerSlam. Yeah, right. Uh, but, um, anyway, um, yeah, Nakamura is going to be a great addition to SmackDown. Great addition to SmackDown. And um, that was my biggest moment of the night, too. Um, shit, man, they could have saved that to the very end, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Matt, they should have. They should have. What they should have done with SmackDown is build up, you know, John Cena and Nikki Bell, you know, you know, are supposed to be here according to the Miz to talk about this and like build it up, build it up, build it up. Turns out it's you know really Miz and Maurice. They come down there do their thing and Nakamura, you know, interrupts them and that's how they end SmackDown. That's what they should have done. 
Um, but they didn't because that tag match with Bray Wyatt and all of them was atrocious. God, I couldn't. Ugh. Oh, uh, Teddy Long must have been running the show. <laughs> We're going to do a tag team match. Yeah. Which, by the way, was really funny to see him pop out during Raw, but damn, was he just, like, juking and jiving like a wind-up toy. Good God, man. <laughs> Teddy Long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. But, yeah, I thought SmackDown had some really great moments, but overall, Raw was the better show. I mean, the having the revival and Balor and just... They were chanting "fuck you, Roman." By the way, I still have Raw saved just so I can hear those chants because it just makes me laugh. I'm like, "Oh, fans, you can be so wonderful sometimes." And see, they cut that out on Hulu, which is where I watched it. Oh yeah. So you should uh, keep that recorded so I can see that one day. Yeah, they, uh, they, man, they were booing the shit out of it. just "fuck you, Roman." Fuck, I was like, <laughs> I was like, and and Reigns did look like goddamn it, like Reigns was looking around thinking, I'm sure he was thinking, why the fuck why like why do you hate me so much and it it made me very happy to see that to to, to be totally honest so uh thank you fans thank you for being such <laughs> such a-holes but um with that said um guys this weekend uh this week coming up we will finally 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 have our top uh have our top 10 favorite matches of all time uh, it's gonna be interesting. We're gonna have. To, um... I'm looking at mine right now. Yeah, I, uh, I I have my I have my list typed up here. I believe in my phone, but uh, I may end up tweaking it actually uh, after really kind of thinking back on it. And I, I we've had some time to think about about it, which is probably even better. But uh, you, you know, the last thing I wanted to bring up before we kind of get out of here, um, Adam Cole. And I want to bring up ROH briefly because I think Adam Cole is on his way to NXT. It feels like he's on the way to NXT. Uh, by the way, props to Drew Galloway for coming back to WWE because he built himself a fucking brand worldwide. So even if WWE fucks up again, which he very well could with his character, he can go back on the indies and he'll be fine because he's built that sort of of resume for himself I, I mean cody rhodes really has shown people you don't need wwe like you can go yeah. out in the indies and really build your brand and, and galloway props to him man he did this and he went all around the world from the uk to, to scotland to uh, all these places and really built himself up and so and made himself a hot commodity so the fact that even if he got fired which i hope doesn't happen but if he did he could still go back out on the indie circuit and be great. Uh, I, I'm happy for him. Yeah, I, I really am. Because Drew Galloway was always one of those guys. I went, well, I missed opportunity. So I'm happy he's in NXT. I think him and uh, Hideo Tommy could have some amazing matches, which I hope I get to see at some point. Uh, so I'm happy for the dude. But I think Adam Cole, I think we will see Adam Cole in NXT by Money in the Bank. Yeah, heard it here first. That'll be uh, interesting to see, man. Um, I mean, especially with uh, the amount of call-ups that are due to happen, like, really soon in NXT. I mean, you just lost, uh, you know, two of the biggest faces of uh, last year with, um, you know, Nakamura and Joe. Like, they're down on the main roster. You know, Bobby Roode, like I said, at, you know, to start everything off, like, he's ready. Like, flat out, he's ready. He could go. And... um 
that's just a matter of when, you know. So they need to bring in other people because, like, I mean, as much as I love NXT and everything, like, I question, you know, how many people are they going to be able to bring in and bring in the main roster? Who's getting let go? Like, all these other things, like... The cycles, to me, seems like it could only perpetuate itself so much because there only ends up being so much room on the main roster. You know, eventually people get dropped. Um, and I hate to see certain people that I really like get dropped. Um, but NXT's going to need Adam Cole soon. Like, flat out. Yeah, they are. You know, like, that's just how that one goes. Um, I uh, think... You know, I know you wanted to talk about Ring of Honor and all that. I want to talk about New Japan for a second. Um, You know, Kenny Omega signed a uh, new deal. um, And, of course, you know, there was always the speculation he was going to show up during the Royal Rumble. And, of course, you know, he didn't. Um, I would have loved it myself. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being that guy who gets called, who ends up jumping after his current contract is up. Um, you know, the Young Bucks, people want to see that as well as our uh, friend, uh, um, as our friend who was supposed to do this uh, with us, you know, Annie, um, she uh, is a big Young Bucks fan. And <laughs> of course, absolutely. Nothing but love for Annie. And uh, hopefully she uh, hops on board with us one day, uh, even for a special show. Yeah. Uh, um, but nonetheless, though, she loves the Young Bucks. Um, I could see them being a uh, you know huge commodity in WWE if, if brought in. But again, like who gets lost in that? Like people are talking about breaking up the New Day. You know, other you know tag teams just getting dropped entirely, like the Ascension. You know, they haven't done jack shit since they've been brought over. Oh my god, I forgot about the Ascension. That's right, they're totally still yeah. around. Yeah, they were in the Battle Royal. They were in the Battle Royal. That's right. Wow, God, yeah, the Ascension. God, talk about should call themselves the Descension. Oh, snap. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> You're not wrong, but like again, the cycle can of who gets brought over to NXT or who signs with NXT and then goes up to the main roster. And like that whole thing, in my opinion, can only circulate so much before the NXT part really kind of loses a lot of steam Yeah. where they won't need to bring people in because like the main roster is full and all these other things. Um, This is the biggest roster WWE's had a long fucking time. I got to say, um, at least it feels that way to me. Um, but they're... I don't know, man. Adam Cole, definitely. I can think of other people like Kenny Omega, who I think would be great additions. Um, which, by the way, if Kenny Omega is not IWGP World Heavyweight Champion this calendar year, um, they really... like New Japan really needs to rethink some things because that guy is like... He could be their face of the company easily and put them on the map in a whole different way because of what he is actually capable of doing. And I'm not even talking about just in the ring, but on the microphone. Nonetheless, the guy carries himself so well on the mic and on the, you know, like WWE has to be looking at him. Um, Especially with John Cena dropping all those like little hints and teasers. You know that if you're on John Cena's radar, you've got to be on the radar for the rest of the company. And um, there's few guys 
And I think Adam Cole is one of them. That's where I'm going with this. Um, Adam Cole can have that same notoriety where he's, I mean, he's, he's the face of Ring of Honor. Like, let's just be real there, in my opinion, at the very least. So, you, like, Ring of Honor is in an interesting position, man, because, like, I appreciate that they're, like, one of the bigger independent scenes. Um, it's where I think Daniel Bryan's going to go when his career ends, or when his contract, I should say, is up with WWE. I think you're going to see him come back and wrestle again in Ring of Honor. Um, and so with Daniel Bryan going and doing that, you need someone for him to face, and that's I think it needs to be Adam Cole. Hmm. Um, but Adam Cole can't do that if uh, he can't have that match if um, you know he's over here in NXT. So I don't know, man. You could be right that he, you know, is on his way out. But, I mean, I don't know, man. There's some interesting things next year that are, I think are bound to happen. And Daniel Bryan returning to the ring is one of them. It's just who you're going to put him up against. So, yeah, but that is uh, something for another episode a few weeks from now when we eventually talk about dream matches. And I'll talk about one for me then that I'll talk about. Yeah, then. Ha! Anyway, um... Yeah, man. That's all I got. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're all good, man. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. We will have, uh, next week, we will have our top 10 favorite matches of all time, and we will have reviews for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. God, we had so much to get through this week. Jesus Christ. Uh, but, uh, guys, uh, we will also have, uh, for the uh, movie section of the site, we will have uh, our best of 2016 part two uh part one pardon me jesus uh up this week and part two will be up this uh next week along with our top 10 favorite matches of all time so you can follow yours truly here on the twitter at j hunter real pineapple you can follow us here on soundcloud.com uh, slash real pineapple 775 so you can be the first to go ahead and hear all our new stuff hit that subscribe button and you can follow oj on twitter on at uh, what is your twitter handle it's uh, original underscore James. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all the support. We will talk to you guys soon.